Hello and welcome to the latest uh, edition of uh, my podcast, Talking Dudley South, with me, Mike Wood, the Member of Parliament uh, for Dud Dudley South. These podcasts are meant to provide latest information, practical advice for local people, but also to throw a spotlight onto some of the great work being done uh, by people and organisations in our area, particularly during the current outbreak, there is so much good work being done by volunteers, by companies, by community organisations. They're being uh, recorded remotely just to make sure that we keep everyone safe, uh, but we're doing it in real time. Uh, so apologies if the audio quality isn't quite as good as it would be if we're recording these face-to-face uh, -face uh, with professional equipment uh, rather than uh, video conferencing. As you know, these podcasts are available uh, from wherever you get your normal uh, podcast, whether that's iTunes, whether it's Google Podcasts, just look for Talking Dudley South with Mike Wood. You should, uh, you should find us. Very pleased to be joined today by a special guest, uh, Corin Crane from uh, Black Country uh, Chamber. Welcome, Corin. Hi, Mike, and, um, and thanks for inviting me on your podcast. I know it's, it's a real pleasure. I mean, obviously, you're working with a wide range of businesses across Dudley and the wider Black Country, as people listening will know. Our local economy is particularly reliant on small and medium, lots and lots of small and medium-sized uh, businesses, as well as some of the uh, bigger uh, household name businesses that people may be more familiar uh, with. So, um, obviously, the economy across the country uh, really slowed down over the past couple of months, as you'd expect, with many businesses being closed. But what have you seen of the impact that COVID-19 has been having across the black country? I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. The way we've got almost gone overnight from a, a, a fairly bustling local economy to, to almost standstill, really, in, in, the, in the space for a couple of weeks. It's been, it's been absolutely incredible. And as you said, one of the things about the black country is we have got so many smaller businesses, you know, and, and also a, a huge proportion of family businesses. So, you know, we, we were built on this sort of long history of entrepreneurs and enterprises that set up. But sometimes these are also very vulnerable um, because um, sometimes our, our smaller businesses have struggled over the last couple of years, particularly those in, in manufacturing and some of our retail businesses and also some of our tourism businesses. So, so when this shock happened, when this crisis happened, it's, it's really put business under a huge amount of pressure. With so many businesses that are obviously seeing order books are best being postponed until after this outbreak and some, uh, many others, of course, having to wind down pretty much completely and furloughing all of their staff or almost all of their staff. What kind of support have you as a chamber been able to give to our local businesses and what have been your main priorities during this outbreak? We're, we're, we're lucky in that we've, we've got um, some very good communication channels with business and non-businesses like our, our business model. We absolutely want people to join us. Um, but we work with lots of non-members as well through our training courses and business festival, those types of things. So we had some good communication channels. We very, very quickly moved to set up a, a helpline and a, and, a, and a website for people to get involved in. Um, and we were overwhelmed by a huge number of calls from businesses. Initially, it was a bit of shock when, when, when things were shutting down. Um, but the government response was actually um, really comprehensive and, and, and very, very welcome. So certainly the first two or three weeks of, 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 the, of the shutdown, we spent almost entirely 
trying to support businesses through access to all that myriad of um of support packages by government and there was a lot there i think inevitably when you have to produce policy so quickly sometimes there are holes in holes in that policy but that that wasn't intentional and we worked very closely with with the government as well through the british chamber to make sure we plug those holes quickly but more or less it was just about how do you shut down? How do you furlough staff? How do you wind your costs down to a position that you're, you're as low energy as physically possible to make it through this, this shutdown period? So some really interesting conversations took place. Yes, and as you, you say, uh, nothing on this scale for uh, business support and economic support for uh, the economy as a whole has really been uh, done before in this country. It's not been done in time of war. It's not been done in time of uh, previous uh, outbreaks um, uh, and so it was put together extremely quickly particularly the furlough scheme and of course the supports for uh, the grants for uh, small businesses the communication you've been having with uh, local businesses what are the kind of issues that they've been raising with you uh, the challenges that they're facing um, questions that they've been asking uh, what what are the messages that have been coming through from them yeah, I think it, it's very much down to a, a sectoral difference. I think, um, uh, ironically, I think the, the, the process we went through for Brexit um, and Brexit preparedness absolutely supported a lot of the bigger businesses with this current crisis because some of our, our larger manufacturers and larger businesses had done a lot of Brexit planning for worst case scenarios. So they'd, they'd analysed the, 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 um, the supply chains, what happened to the workforce, they looked at cash flow, looked at their reserves, looked at their stock levels. Um, and that absolutely supported them, actually, understanding their business really well when this crisis kicked in. Um, for smaller businesses, um, it's all about cash flow. Um, and what we've found is that, is that we've done an awful lot of research and, and we've spoken to businesses on a weekly basis um, through some of our, our barometer working. We found that most businesses don't have much more than two months cash flow, two months reserves left in their accounts. So almost entirely our conversation was taking place about how to reduce your, your output, reduce what you're actually producing because the marketplace was, cut your costs as low as physically possible, and then understand where the cash was. So all of our workshops were talking about how to get that money in. So the, the furlough scheme, we were really nervous about the furlough scheme, and this is no disrespect to HMRC. Um, we weren't convinced that the money was going to come out as quickly as it did, but in all honesty, that, that the way that they set that up, the online process, we've, we've a business that applied for some of that funding, it, and it came through in six, in, in six days. Um, that's been absolutely incredible. The, the bank loans have been, have been harder, um, and I think that's, that's been quite tough. Certainly the money's gone out really quickly this week for the bounce back loans. I think that's been really impressive figures. But all about cash flow. There is one worry, and, and you'll probably pick this up from your work in Parliament, actually, actually, Mike, is that if banks are probably lending to businesses they wouldn't normally lend to, I think it's probably fair to say, because of pressure from, from government and from organisations like, like mine and from the press, there's a real worry that, that businesses are probably racking up a little bit too much debt and how they service that later this year and next year will, will, will become a big issue for us, I think. And similarly, I think we're seeing a lot of businesses that were viable, successful, and in many cases expanding businesses at the start of this year, end of last year, that are having real problems getting hold of some of that credit, despite the you know, 80% um, guarantees that the government's underwriting uh, with the banks through the uh, business interruption loan scheme. They're still struggling to get that credit, which again is causing the kind of 
cash flow problems that uh, that you're facing. Of course, they've still got bills to pay, whether it's uh, whether it's rent, whether it's ongoing utilities. Mostly staffing's obviously uh, covered by the furloughing scheme, but of course, those that are continuing to uh, operate are seeing probably a couple of weeks at most. I think in a lot of cases uh, of cash flow for a lot of small, particularly engineering firms. Do you think there's anything more that uh, could be done, whether it's by banks, business, government, to try to make sure that, uh, that that cash flow is eased at a point where it's obviously desperately needed, you know, recognising the point you uh, raised, that obviously this money does need to be repayable. Businesses need to be able to pay it back at, uh, uh, at, at some time. So there's still going to need to be some basic credit checks. At the moment, I think we we we've all done, and I say all of us, you know, all of us from 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 our from our MPs to business groups, have done a good job um, with businesses in understanding the support available. I guess the, the the big the bigger challenge now is is what Sunday's announcement looks like, what 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 Boris has to say to everyone on on, on Sunday at five o'clock, and how we start to prepare for the recovery, because. Um, what we do know is that, that businesses will be coming in back into business in a very different world. We, they won't find their order books full 100% from day one. It might take them you know, six months or, or 12 months to get back to full productivity and full order books again. Um, and they'll be coming back into, a, into a, a, a world where we're on the edge of a recession, and actually a global recession because of COVID. We know that we've got um, restrictions around how we trade and what, what, we, spe- what, what we spend. Um, and also, we've, we're still in negotiations around Brexit and around our trade deals. So, in an environment where businesses want to get up to productivity very, very quickly, they probably won't. Um, so, we need to be able to stagger the support for the next sort of six to twelve months, so that the burden of 100% costs don't end up on businesses just overnight again. And are you seeing uh, local businesses plan for that new world after the uh, after the lockdown starts to be? Uh unwound and what kind of planning are you noticing taking place so what kind of issues are being raised with with youth through the chamber yeah i mean it, again it, it all depends sort of business you're talking to we had a really good workshop the other day a webinar just with um with hr businesses and and um and recruitment companies um and if you think no one's doing any recruitment at the moment barely any any anywhere um unless i guess you are working with hospitals and in the health sector because i think there's probably a good need for for people in in that sector but, you know, most of those businesses have absolutely wound down, but they still need to maintain a really big, a big presence in the marketplace because recruitment's so competitive. So although they've wound down, they are still investing in marketing, keeping their brand awareness out there. If you look at the, the, um, the tourism industry, that's a real difficult one, isn't it? Because if you look at brilliant places in Dudley, like the zoo and like the Black Country Living Museum, some of our hotels, um, it, the bigger danger for them will be um, is actually if they, if they open up again, um, but then have to have to close down again for for a, a future lockdown. So the difference in businesses is is really really important. Our, our manufacturing and engineering companies have also got a distinct problem that when they get back into marketplace, their old supply chain might not exist in the way it did before. So we know that some business will have gone under, and I'm almost certain that once the furloughing disappears, we will see redundancies. Um, the scale of that we just don't know at the moment. But understanding where you buy the parts for your, for your businesses to sell is going to be a massive issue. So mapping out those supply chains, helping businesses raise their profile again, these are all big critical issues for us. How important is it that you think some sort of uh, furloughing scheme is in place 
uh, after the end of the outbreak to allow businesses to build up uh, operations. I, I think it's absolutely essential, Mike. You're absolutely right. So, you know, if, you, if you've got 50 staff off who are furloughed um, and overnight all 50 of those staff have to come back into an environment where they haven't got work for those 50 staff, you're going to have to make redundancies. If we can have a more flexible approach to the end of furlough and where maybe you can bring 10 or 20 staff back and still keep a few furloughed, maybe it's about bringing staff back for 20 hours or 25 hours a week, this flexibility, but that will allow businesses to, to edge people back to work again. And what we don't want to do is it's a businesses to panic because they'll have a big gap in their budget for, for this financial year and we don't want those redundancies. Unfortunately, for the bigger businesses, if you have over 100 staff, you have to give them 40 day, 45 days statutory notice for redundancy. So what we might find um, without announcement quite quickly is probably by the end of next week, some of the bigger businesses will start to make those redundancy announcements. And that's certainly where some of the airlines are at the moment. We've seen it with, we've seen it with, um, with Virgin and BA are likely to announce similar sort of announcements. And so Ryanair, because they've got huge workforces that they know they probably won't have work for for the remainder of this year. So there's some big decisions to be made. And, and what do you think local businesses uh, could be doing and thinking about uh, right now to give themselves the best chance to get back on their feet uh, post uh, post lockdown you know in terms of looking at cash flow staffing machinery and all the other practicalities we go with uh, running a business as we're I say unwinding social distancing measures. I think that's it. I mean, we, we, we've, we've run a few workshops of businesses around resilience planning and around new business planning because um, it's almost impossible, I'd suggest, to do a, a normal budget for this year. Um, trying to understand exactly what your revenue looks like, what your costs are going to be, it's so difficult. So most, but most businesses are just almost running on a month-by-month -month budgetary process. Um, the, the big worry for them is around about um, their staff safety. So regardless of what the announcements are on Sunday, bringing them back into a safe environment is absolute responsibility for all employers with duty of care for their employees. They cannot be bringing business, their staff back into an environment that's not safe for them. So businesses have got to start planning around about how they manage their workplaces, about protection in place. A lot of them are very worried about how they get hold of PPE equipment, who pays the PPE equipment, what, are they going to have it, will that have an impact on the, on the, on the NHS and, and, and healthcare? So there's a number of things around, around duty of care for your staff, around how you market it, around where your marketplace is, around cash flow. These, it's, almost, it's almost like you're rewriting your business plan now for, for a very difficult environment. And of course, a lot of uh, employees are going to be nervous about uh, going back to work. I mean, they may have been furloughed for several weeks at this, uh, at this point. This is an issue I raised in Parliament uh, during the week uh, with the business uh, minister. But of course, unless, we could, unless employees are going back to work as their businesses reopen, when it's safe uh, to do so, then the chances of businesses surviving in our local economy getting back on its feet are hugely reduced. What do you think can be done to give our workers the confidence to go back to work to support their companies in help in rebuilding you know, as these restrictions are uh, are eased as we come through the outbreak. The guidance is going to need to be really, really clear, very simple and very clear with, with as little area for grey areas as possible because people interpret things in different ways, don't they? And I think one of the, one of the problems of the lockdown period is um, as we have had examples of, of different interpretation of the same set of rules. So I think staff will want to understand that. Um, staff are going to be really, really nervous. So, you know, if you're an office, 
um, you probably won't want to bring your staff back unless it's absolutely urgent. And that, and that won't just be for the next few weeks, that might be for the next six months. So an office of 30, 40, 50 people in it, you might still only have five or six people working in there with, with, with social distancing. But you, as a business, you'll be investing in, in home working and actually in the equipment they need at home and making sure that people can, can work safely at home. So it, it feels like that, that we've probably got another six or nine months of a very different way of working as we wait for the virus to pan out and, and wait, for an, uh, wait for some sort of cure to come, to come into effect. So I don't think this is going to be overnight. This is a genuinely a new way of working it's uh, probably probably got a year ahead at least. Uh, thanks Corinne and on one final thought I mean, do you think our local economy will bounce back are you talking about this lasting another year at, at least so what do you think uh, that our regional economy will look like in 12-18 months time? We've got some absolutely brilliant businesses in the black country and we've always have and actually once this is all over they'll still be there and lots of them will still be doing it. We've got in, we're incredibly versatile and, and, and we, will, we will rise to the whatever challenge they're putting in front of our way. It will need some great partnership work you know, it, between businesses between between the residents and, and, and the decision makers and, and, and politicians because we still need that investment around infrastructure that we've always needed we still need all that all, all the support and local authorities to get those big projects off the ground you know as long as we can really invest in the local community get the infrastructure right for a new way of working we'll, we'll bounce back great thanks so much thank you very much well it's good to hear from Corinne Crane with the uh, uh, the views of black country businesses and we know that whilst uh, this is primarily a, a health crisis and of course we think mostly of uh, of all of those who've uh, lost loved ones all of those who continue to be ill during this outbreak we do have to uh, look at what we can do to support the local economy the businesses through this so that we've still got a local economy after the outbreak is uh, is over now the furloughing scheme business loan scheme a part of that the business bounce back loans that Corin was talking about for small businesses for loans up to fifty thousand pounds where the government is guaranteeing a hundred percent of those loans and there's no interest in the first year i think that will make a big difference to a lot of our particularly small and manufacturing businesses as well as the bank loans of course there are also the small business grants so uh, businesses that uh, qualify for small business rate uh, relief so if they've got a, a rateable value below £15,000 they qualify for a, a £10,000 grant which the council's been uh, issuing if you haven't applied for that grant yet and you uh, do qualify for small business rate relief do contact the council if you have any problems then get in touch with my office you can call on the normal number 01384 913123 or email me at my uh, parliament email address and we'll look into it uh, for you. Council's now uh, paid the majority of, uh, of those grants and we know the three million pounds extra is going out every day, uh, every day and now the government's also announced a new top-up uh, discretionary fund to help some of those businesses that for one reason or another although they would be expected to qualify uh, for small business uh, grants um, they didn't quite meet uh, the criteria. It might be because they're market traders, and so they're, or they share business uh, premises, so their business rates are paid through a landlord or uh, an umbrella organisation. So the council's now got extra money uh, to be supporting our small businesses, to to be helping them to sustain jobs 
make sure that they're still there when the, uh, this outbreak is beaten. If you think you uh, should qualify uh, for those uh, grants, then do get in, in touch with the council or say again, you can uh, contact my office, we'll do what we can to help. In the meantime, please stay safe, please do what you can to avoid unnecessary contact uh, with other people. The more that we can respect the social distancing rules, the quicker we will be able to get back to life that resembles something a bit more normal and the quicker we can beat this uh, COVID-19 outbreak.